everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Talkers on Duke. This week we got a certified bucket getter, uh, Roshan McLeod. <clears throat> uh, one of the first transfers, I think the first transfer to ever that Coach K ever take um, at Duke. Um, but had a really fun conversation with him. And as always, make sure you subscribe. Uh, we're pumping out content uh, at least once a week. So um, <clears throat> make sure you subscribe so you get alert uh, to check it out. And make sure you head on over to our YouTube channel at the Field of 68 uh, on YouTube. where so we post uh, clips from my podcast and all of our podcasts across the, uh, the whole network. Um, and reach out to me on Twitter um, at Dre underscore Dawkins and at the field of 68. Um, let us know who you want to hear from next and what you think of the podcast. Uh, thanks. Hope you enjoy. We'll see you next week. All right. This week we got my guy, big bro, uh, Roshan McLeod. What's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Hey, no problem, man. Always, always available for my brothers. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, all right. So we start the podcast off every week with the same question. Uh, what was your welcome to Duke moment? My welcome to Duke moment. Yeah. Uh, my welcome to Duke moment. I would say it happened um, on my visit, man. Um, I I was transferring, so I took a visit during like a break. So there was nobody on campus, <laughs> um, and you know, we all we did was play ball, work out, and you know, it was very different than my my daily routine at St. John. So uh, it, it was it gave me a, a, a reminder of how hard you had to had to work to be as good as um, I, you know, because I, I played for Bobby Hurley Sr. So uh, competing at that level was something that I was accustomed to. So when I got to Duke and I see the work that they put in, uh, that was my welcome to Duke moment because everybody could have went home, but instead they stayed on campus um, because they didn't even make the tournament that year. It was a year coach was in the hospital mm -hmm. and all the players could have went home, but I felt like I was a part of the program because everybody stayed on campus to, to host me because they wanted me to be, become a, a blue devil. So that was my welcome to Duke moment. Man. I hadn't even signed yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. Um, so growing up in New Jersey, right. Um, big basketball culture up there. So, well, what, what drew you to basketball initially kind of growing up? Um, my initial draw to basketball was, uh, was probably my dad, I would say. Um, cause I didn't play basketball until I got to high school. Really? Um, yeah, I played baseball all the way up to eighth grade and going into ninth grade was the first year I played organized basketball. I mean, I played on the crates and, and mm -hmm. the schoolyard, but I never played in an actual game where there were referees or anything like that till the summer going into my high school year. And uh, my dad was a, a huge Patrick Ewing fan. Mm -hmm. uh, so I became a Nick fan as a result of it. And um, I, I began to love Patrick Ewing. And then mm -hmm. I started watching a little bit more basketball and started seeing guys like Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, but I would say my dad was the first one to introduce me to it. But I grew, I went from 5'8 to 6'2 over that summer. That, that um, and so that that really helped even though I was still horrible <laughs> yeah um, I was going to the right program and so that allowed me to really uh, develop uh, there was not a lot of a whole lot of pressure put on me to play right away so I was able to play against guys like Roger Rhodes and Terry DeHair and Jerry Walker at a young age to see what basketball was played like at a high level yeah and uh, it's funny because a lot of people don't know this but I actually quit as a 10th grader didn't really, really? enjoy it that much Wow. Um, you know, because I was I was fragile, skinny, 
didn't have a, a huge knowledge of the game. Um, and I quit. I, after four games my sophomore year, I went from freshman team to varsity and, um, and didn't enjoy playing. Uh, and my, you know, obviously my mother stepped in and was like, listen, you'll never, you'll never quit anything a day in your life. <laughs> uh, so my, the rest of my career got planned for me between coach, coach Hurley and my mom. And it worked out where I thought it worked out pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Um, what was it like playing for coach Hurley at, you know, a powerhouse basketball school like St. Anthony? Um, it's really hard to compare it to anything because I, I didn't know anything else uh, mm-hmm. at the time. So I just thought that's the way that basketball was played at a high level. So mm-hmm. whenever I went to play at other places uh, during the summer, guys just would be playing around. They would never be serious. And, you know, I was always taught you play, you play at a high level every time you step on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I, not, not, you know, and this is not to pick on St. John's, but during that time I went there to play for Luke Conaseca, but, uh, he retired, uh, and I was recruited uh, to play for Brian Mahoney, um, who was the number two guy. Uh, and he ended up getting the, the head coaching job. So mm-hmm. uh, it just wasn't the same. Um, yeah. I felt like I got better at St. Anthony's, and I had a stunt in my growth at St. John's, and which was the reason I transferred. And my, my goal was to play for a coach that could, could challenge me and put me in a position where I, I was forced to get better on a daily basis. And you know, you play for the coach, you know how that goes. Absolutely. Um, so what was your recruiting process like out of high school? And it's kind of a three-part question. What was it like? Who was involved? And why ultimately St. John's? Um, I really didn't. I got my first letter as a at, in the summer going into my junior year. Um, we used to play at a gym called... Uh, White Eagle Hall. I'm not sure if you remember that small gym with the, the bingo hall that we played out of. Um, and every summer, all the coaches would come play. And this was the, you know, obviously after the year that I, I stopped playing, um, mm-hmm. I grew another, you know, five inches <laughs> that helps throughout more. the year. So now <laughs> I'm six foot six, six foot yeah. seven. Um, and I went from like tripping over my feet to like dunking on everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and how, what happened was, was during that off, during that time, coach Hurley would go speak that summer, uh, to all of the, uh, uh the, the clinics and Poconos camps and different things like that. And he would take me and I would just travel with him to like five or six different clinics and camps a day. And he would put me through drills and I would demonstrate the drills. Mm-hmm. And what that did for me is it really improved my skill set. It, it improved my, my understanding of the game. Um, and then I was in, at the end of the summer, I was invited to Nike and ABCD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was just because I was on Roderick Rhodes' team. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I go and I was in a very, very good class with Rasheed Wallace and Jeff, Jeff Capel and Greg Newton and, uh, you know, Jerry Stackhouse. And, you know, I mean, we just had a tremendous class, man. Brevin Knight. Uh, I mean, just a lot of, a lot of talent. And right behind yeah. us was Allen Iverson and Paul Pierce and guys like that. So we got guys at camp and I went and had a good, I had a really good showing and I left the camp rank in the top 30, 35 in the country mm-hmm. um, based on my performance. So that's when basketball really got serious for me. And when I got home, I got, man, I had a bag of letters mm-hmm. from colleges wanting to recruit me. And, you know, that, that's what, that was my takeoff summer going into my career for basketball. Yeah. Um, so 
why did you ultimately choose um, St. John's? Oh, man. So I was young, man. I was, you know, my, my options, I, I visited Wake Forest. I visited Arizona, Florida State, Florida, and St. John's were my top five mm-hmm. at the time because uh, Duke would have been in the top five, but Joey Beard, who was in my class as well, he was like the number two player in our class. He played with Grant in high school and he committed really early. So they didn't mm-hmm. need anybody at my position at the time. So, you know, I was, I didn't want to just go sit behind anybody or anything. You know, it was Grant, Tony Lang, Joey, you know, like, just, yeah, yeah. Just a, and it's funny because I ended up in the same situation. Right. But, you know, <laughs> but I was a little bit more knowledgeable about my, my level of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ultimately chose St. John's because it was close to home, you know, being a, a, a northern kid out of jersey new york area playing in the garden was was a was a dream um but i was a 17 year old freshman my birthday came really late in november um and so i was still 17 years old going into college i played my first two or three games as a a 17 year old freshman um and i didn't want to be too far away from my family because if i if i wasn't afraid to go away i probably would have went to arizona yeah which was um you know Miles Simon and, you know, guys like that, Khalid Reeves. I mean, they had a really talented team, Stacey Poole, guys like that. So, um, you know, I, I just really chose St. John's because of the garden um, and, and the ability for my family to see me play on a regular basis. Yeah. And, you know, so after your sophomore year, you make a decision to transfer, um, which was nowadays it's like, you know, everybody transfers. <laughs> it was 130 time. people in the portal when I transferred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now it's 3,000. Uh, so what like what goes into that decision when it's not, you know, it's, it's not the thing that everybody is doing um, at that time? Um, so I had a, I became a father after my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 19 years old, my girlfriend gets pregnant. And um, I'm, I have to make a decision. I stayed home to be close to my family, but now I'm going to be a father. But I have to make an, a, another decision. Do I go away and, you know, put myself in a position to take care of my family better? Or do I stay here and grind it out so that I can be present and available? Um, and ultimately, I chose to, to, to make my future better. Um, and I had to sacrifice some of that visibility to my family to do so. Um, but for me, the biggest thing was just I wasn't learning at the mm-hmm. rate that I had been learning in high school. Um, you know, I, I played three years of basketball prior to coming to college, and I was ranked in the top 35 when you got guys who've been playing since they were six years old. Mm-hmm. So th- that learning the game at that rate was was really good for me. Um, and, and as I got older, stronger, more athletic, um, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. And so I was fortunate enough to play for a Hall of Fame high school coach. And my, my decision was I need to play for a guy who's, you know, if not equal or better um, than, than where I started. So that was my decision for, um, you know, obviously Arizona became another option when I was transferring because it was a place that I considered heavily coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. And Lou Olson is a Hall of Fame coach. So really it was between Coach K and Lou Olson then. Ultimately, we, we know the answer to that question. Um, so, yeah, so why why was it Duke over Arizona? Um, when, I got to, when I got to Arizona on the visit, 
it felt uh, corporate. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel home. You know, when I got to Duke, you know, I just felt like I was at home. Um, and it, it helped that I had family in North Carolina. My family's mm-hmm. originally from North Carolina and South Carolina. So um, I had family here. So when I got to North Carolina and I had such a great time with nobody on campus, mm-hmm. <laughs> no parties, no anything, you know, my thought process was I got the best of Arizona, but I still feel better not getting the best of what Duke had to offer yeah. from, a, from a, a student perspective. So um, I, I felt like I had, it was something more for me to experience and learn at Duke. Um, so I, I cho- ultimately chose Duke because the opportunity to play, I mean, I had an opportunity to play at both places, but um, Grant was graduating, Tony Lang was graduating, mm-hmm. you know, Cherokee Parks was, was, was leaving. Um, they didn't have anybody like me, mm-hmm. you know, that they were losing all of their guys who were six, eight, that could step inside, outside. And I saw an opportunity to say, you know what? I can help bring the best program arguably in the country back to prominence. And uh, that, that was a great challenge for me. And I wanted to be a part of bringing that back. Yeah. So you get down there and obviously, um, you know, you got to sit out for the year. What was, what was that experience like having to sit out only, only being able to practice, um, you know, go to just watch the games. I mean, that sounds like the worst, <laughs> like, the worst of the worst in college. Um, yeah, like it was not it was being really able to bad. play and just practicing. It, it was especially bad, at Duke was because good. I don't, you know, some of y'all don't know. <laughs> in practices is no joke. <laughs> and not be able to take it out on somebody. Yeah, exactly. Else, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was tough, man, because uh, back then it, they really, because it was such a rare thing to transfer, they didn't really have a whole lot of rules in place to to make it comfortable for a transfer. Mm-hmm. They was trying to stop people from transferring most of the time back yeah. then. Um, so if you transferred, it really had to be a, a change for you. And, and for me, um, not being able to travel to the away games, um, not being able to participate in a lot of, you know, the, the travel to events that, you know, I could, like I had to pay for myself to go to the, uh, <laughs> to the um, ACC tournament. Like, what? I mean, it was, it was, bad. I mean, like I said, I had family there, so I was oh able to get goodness. tickets, but they couldn't, I couldn't transport. It was a lot of bad rules wow. back then. So it, it was really difficult, but at the same time, it gave me a chance to really uh, sit down and, and, and from a, from a um, academic standpoint, trans transfer and get ahead mm-hmm. um, academically. So I was able to have a, a, a bigger load as a result of it. Um, get ahead on my studies so that by the time my senior year came, I didn't have such a, a heavy load and yeah. the year sitting out, I was able to s- spread that out a little bit uh, more. So that was, that was a positive that I could yeah. take from it. <laughs> One of the few. Uh, because I, 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 my first week there, I had a 25 page paper and I'm like, man, it's a final. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Goodness. Oh man. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, that was that was very 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 tough transition academically. Yeah. Uh, not not to say that St. John's wasn't you know strong academically, but it just you know compared to Duke, it was it was easy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, so that that was the toughest part was not being able to travel and be a part of the team. Uh, and then you know a little story. Uh, even though I couldn't travel, I used to play pickup down at the. Uh, 
down in in Burlington where my family was living mm-hmm. at the rec center and they had like a little league going on and I played in that league and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to play in the league. <laughs> yeah, I'm right? about to say, I think statute of limitations has run out on that. Yeah, so I think so we, we should be all right. I'll make that disclosure. And I wasn't I wasn't even aware that I wasn't supposed to play in the league. And, um, you know, so we get to the championship. I mean, I'm averaging like 50. I'm really the only guy on the team, yeah. my cousin and like his friends. And they're excited because they're always in last place. <laughs> championship game comes around and somebody calls coach or calls the school and coach is like, bro, you can't play in it. So I was not able to play in the game. Oh, man. And they end up losing by like 35 in the championship. <laughs> it had somebody from the other team drop a dime, huh? Oh, man. You know they did. Man. Oh, that's they, messed up. They, just, they didn't want to see me put that 50, that 50 ball on them. Because <laughs> it was coming. It was coming. Oh, um, man. So that year, do you feel like you're having to just watch uh, the games? Do you feel like you were able to see the game differently um, once you were able to play the next year or like or or learn the game a little bit more by watching? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I, I spent a lot of time in the film room. I mm-hmm. spent a, when I got there, I was about 248. And, you know, first thing coach said to me is I need you to get to about 218. And I was you know, such a random number. Mm-hmm. But I did, and I didn't understand why, because uh, when I left high school, I was about 195, um, 6'8", 195. And I've always played with speed and, um, uh, and quickness. Um, and when I got to St. John's, I played center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they would just try to bulk me up because it was the Big East. Yep. And, you know, I, I didn't understand, like, um, until I actually got to about 220, 218, you know, the the... The, the limitations I was under for mm-hmm. carrying all that weight. Um, it brought out things that I forgot that I had um, the, in quickness and, and the ability to get to spots, um, you know, in, in a short and quick burst and things like that. Um, so I watched a lot of film uh, from at one, my games at St. John's. I watched a lot of Duke games as, as to how coach was going to be able to use me as a player. And then I got to work with Quinn Snyder, Johnny Dawkins, mm-hmm. Dave Henderson, <laughs> you know, um, guys like that who understood the game at a high level. And, and it really expanded my game from just being a, a post guy to being able to step out on the floor. And, and I could always shoot the ball. I just didn't have the confidence to do it. And, and I wasn't encouraged to do it much at St. John's. Mm-hmm. But once I got to Duke, obviously, you know, three balls, a big part of our, our, our game. So I, my confidence was boosted when to shoot, you know, time in school. I learned so many more things about the college game in that year, just sitting out. Like my the blue, I was able to play in the blue white game. Yeah. And I had like 25 in the blue white game. And everybody was like, man, this dude can't play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is we need him. Right yeah, now. right. That's all you get. <laughs> all right, I'm out. I'll see y'all next year. <laughs> and so that was, you know, just a glimpse of of uh you know just the things that I was able to learn. Uh, in that season. And, you know, and, and throughout the year, I always practiced on the second unit mm-hmm. as the best player, whoever we were playing against. I got to watch film on them and I imitated them the best I could so that we could be as prepared as we could. So what that did was it expanded my game a little bit more, Yeah, you know, imitating Tim Duncan, and watching film on him and, you know, guys who, who, you know, Antoine Jameson and just mm-hmm. having to, go over those things and, and and bring those things to practice to prepare us to play. It made me a better player as a result of it. 
and I, I would call myself an OG at a stretch four, you know? Yeah, absolutely. For uh, sure. For if sure. I played in this era, man, I'd be worth about 90 million. At least, right? <laughs> at least. Might be a little more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you sit out the year, then so you register junior year, you come out, you can play. I'm sure you were hype, ready to go. And, you you know, you increase your production across the board in pretty much every category, except assists, which I can appreciate because I wasn't, wasn't my job, yeah. man. That nah. wasn't my job. Hey, I hear you. <laughs> and not me either. I've, I always said if you pass it to me, I assume you want a shot. Um, so what do you feel like you have figured out um, to be able to make that jump in production? Um, just efficiency. You know, like I figured out. Um, I love to shoot, obviously. I've, I've, I broke the game down on, you know, areas to score, you know, mm -hmm. free throw line, three-point shot, uh, offensive rebound, um, you know, isolation, you know. So, so I broke down the game so that if I could get three to four points in each one of those categories, you know, I could increase my production and not put so much pressure on one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys think you just need the volume shoot. And, you know, if you look at my stats, it was just – I was a high, you know, field goal percentage three-point shooter as well. So, yep. you know, I, I was I, I took shots that were in the flow of the game. Um, I really focused on getting my shot in one or two dribbles um, max. Um, I, I, I tried to perfect that the best way I could. Um, my footwork in the post, um, you know, the ability to to go up against guys bigger than me and 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 smaller than me and mm -hmm. use it to my advantage. So, um, I wanted to be an offensive nightmare. So. I just took took the you know opportunity to score in, in a bunch of different areas of the game, um, and it increased my productivity. But it also and then getting in shape that was another thing that I had lost track of coming out of St. John's, the the ability to do more when you have uh, when your cardio is where it needs to be. Yeah. So as I as I got in better shape, I was able to do more on the court. Um, and even though we had a lot of guys, um, you know, at my position still. You know, it, it we 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 could always play at a high level in in short bursts. So, mm -hmm. and then senior year, you go <clears throat> up again. You average fifteen and twenty four minutes a game. I mean, that's pretty impressive. What was was that? Just <laughs> like that's just what Roe does. Roe just gets buckets when he when he's when he's on the court. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that that was uh, that was what I became, man. That was kind of my thing. Uh, I could score quick. Mm -hmm. And I can get you 10 points in 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was my thing, um, you know, but I mean, in the ACC, I would say once the ACC started, I probably averaged about 22, 23 points a game in about 28 minutes. Um, so, you know, just something that I really, really concentrated on doing was just to be efficient um, game in and game out. Like, Elton and myself, we would always say to each other, 20 and 10, 20 and 10. That was always our goal every single game um, because that it helped our team. Um, mm -hmm. If we, if one of us was able to get to a double, double at least. Um, so that was a challenge that he and I would, 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 you know, throw at each other. And he was a freshman. So, you, <laughs> and I'm a senior, so you can imagine what the, the challenge was in that, man, but that dude was really good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, we challenged each other to be efficient, but at the same time, it was something that I've always, you know, predicated my game around. Yeah. Um, speaking of, man, I didn't even have this written down, but man, that freshman class was <laughs> insane. So yeah, it was Elton, I mean, Shane, Nate, 
No, no, Will. Chris Burgess and Will. Oh my goodness. And the year before that, it was Nate. Oh, okay. The year before uh, Nate, okay. and Mike Chappelle. And I mean, we were we were talented, man. We were yeah. really talented, you know. Nate and Nate didn't even get to play as much as he would have he he wanted to because mm-hmm. of injuries, but it gave Chris Carowell an opportunity to step up and Mike Chappelle a chance to play as young as young players. Um, you know, but and then Shane came in and yeah, I mean, you know, we had Ricky, we had yeah. Trajan, we had Jeff uh, my my junior year. So we had a bunch of guys at the same position, really, that three, that two, three, mm-hmm. and then myself, Shane, uh, and you know, Mike Chappelle and Carowell, Nate, we could all play that swing forward position. Yeah inside out so we could play together because we were all very, very different too. Um, you know, we would have lineups in the game where I would be at the five myself between myself and, and, and Shane, and you just, you couldn't guard us, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and when Elton came in, he just was a bully. Yeah. So right. <laughs> you're trying to guard guys on the perimeter and then you got a big bull that comes in and mm-hmm. now how do you make that adjustment? Um, and, and you, everybody on the outside of him can, can knock the three ball down. I mean, I think, we won at an average of like 30, 35 or 36 points a game. Um, yeah. So it, it was, it was fun to play the way that we played. You know, one guy didn't always go in thinking that he had to be the leading scorer. Uh, you know, we would have different guys step up on different games because of opportunities and matchups. And, and we took advantage of those things. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That senior year was a really good team. One of the best teams in the country, only two regular season losses. What was, before we continue with Roshan, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that senior year was a really good team. One of the best teams in the country. Only two regular season losses. What was... How do you describe what it's like when you're dominating the regular season like that like you said you you know you guys are winning by 30 points um and it's not like you're playing cupcakes you know you're playing some <laughs> of the best teams in the country so what was that like I mean I'm sure obviously confidence is just right through the roof when y'all walk into the gym yeah confidence was key and coaching coach was a big part of instilling that in us I mean he made sure that we didn't and I mean you, you've heard the analogy don't be fat don't be a fat cat mm-hmm. you know uh, so he made sure that the more success we had, the more we got challenged. So if we would win by 30 and, you know, we get a film on the real, the real back in the day, you know, when the real, the real come out, yeah. <laughs> somebody getting, somebody getting clowned. So whoever played the best, he would just take all your bad highlights and put uh-huh. them all together and be like, you stink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds about you right. And, uh, and, and so it made, it challenged you to be better. You know, yeah. um, and and when when you don't want to be the guy that doesn't step up to the challenge because it was so many guys at the same position, although it seemed like you were, you know, like you were dispensable, 
we needed everybody, yeah. you know, to be able to accomplish what we did um, all year long, only having lost two games in the ACC. Well, we lost one in the regular season and then one in, in the championship ACC game. And then we lost two during the regular one during the regular season. And then our last game, I think we lost four games that year. Yeah. But um, we needed everybody to be pushing each other just like, and that's what Duke teams who are the best. That's what they have. They have either a super great player or they got a, a, a large group of guys pushing each other to be the best that they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that Carolina game in the ACC championship. What was that game like? Carolina was really good. Uh, ended up being a number one seed. You guys ended Actually, up being we, we were the number one tournament. seed, even though they beat us. Yeah. Well, I mean, you both got one seed. Well, we in the both, tournament. yeah. We were the overall. Yeah. We still ended up being the overall number one seed, but they beat us in the championship. It was a good game. Yeah. Go what was that game like? Because I know, um, you know, you guys split the regular season, mm-hmm. and so you got the grudge match in the ACC title game. I think it was in Greensboro. Um, yeah. I mean, what was that atmosphere like? I remember we had one, and it was nuts. So I'm sure it was. <laughs> it was about the same for you guys. Yeah, it was definitely you know, nuts. I mean, anytime, you know, this, anytime we're getting ready to play Carolina, it could be three weeks out with three games, four games to go before them, and you get the Carolina questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we always try to stay focused on who we were playing next, so that was always a key, uh, not to get too much too far ahead of ourselves. But, uh, you know, having split the, the series mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, us being number one going into it and then being number two in the country going into it, it just was the stage was set to be, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a brawl, a heavyweight brawl. So uh, the, 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 the country was watching, well, the world was watching yeah, you know, yeah. all the way out to China. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a battle back and forth. I mean, you know, they made some big plays. We made some big plays um, and, and they just, we were young. You know, they had a lot more experience than we did, although, you know, we had a good season. We had a great season. They had a great season. Um, they, they just had a little bit more experience and probably, you know, Vince Carter and Antoine Jameson made a huge difference in that. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were decent. They were decent. And, and, and Dakota was a, was a problem. Oh, Shimon yeah. was a problem. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, but it was a great game, man. And it went down to the wire and, um, you know, they came out on top. But, uh, but it, I think that prepared both of us uh, for the tournament. Um, and, and, you know, we can look back on those on that season and say, you know what? I mean, for me, I would have loved to play Carolina every game because it brought <laughs> out the best of me. Yeah. Um, you know, and people people always ask, man, what that game was like, just like we're talking about it now. You, the only way to describe it is you got to be in it. Yeah, you got to play in it. Yeah, <laughs> you got to yeah. play in it yeah. because b- before I played in it, I hadn't. And I've watched Bobby play in mm-hmm. it his whole four years. You know, I walked, I sat in the game the year that I sat out, I was on the bench, mm-hmm. but until I actually played in the game, I had no understanding yeah, about different. How, how different that game is than every other game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Every, everything goes up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then you lose, you guys lose that game. How do you, how do you flip the switch going into the NCAA tournament? Um, Obviously, you know, knowing the season isn't over, you still have, you know, you still have goals um, to win a national championship. How do you flip the script after losing in such a, you know, emotional game in the ACC championship? Um, well, from you know, just from a confidence standpoint, we felt like even though we lost the game, we were still the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought we we thought, especially once we got Elton back. And, and another reason I think, you know, they came out on top in that game, the excitement in the first, in the first round of Elton coming back 
you know, propelled us over the top. And, you know, I don't think he was in as great a shape and ready to play physically as, you know, everybody, as he showed. Mm-hmm. And that helped, that hurt us a little bit um, in that game. But once that game was over and we got that out of our system, uh, we took it upon ourselves to make sure we were more ready than ever um, as a unit. Um, practices got a little bit more intense. Um, guys would stay a little bit longer, work on things. More video came into play against the teams we were going to match up against. And our focus went to another level. Um, and, and as a unit, we were on the same page. And I think that going into the, the, the tournament allowed us the confidence that we exuded. I mean, first game, you know, we played Radford, I believe, or something like that. And we ended up winning by like 45 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first half, I think I had more points than they had as a team in the first half. So I thought I was going to get 50, but I didn't play in the second <laughs> half. <laughs> you know, a coach would get you with that one. I was like, I'm getting 50 this game. I think I was winning like 22 to 19 in the first half. <laughs> And I played like I started the game in the second half. I scored one bucket. Coach is like, you're not there. That's enough. That's enough. We need you, bro. We need yeah, to save yeah. some of that for the next series. <laughs> and then I think we ended up uh, playing Oklahoma State, who had Robish mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, you know they had uh, what's the guy's name, Doug Godleib at the point, Desmond Mason. I mean, they were really good too. Um, and we played them in the, sec- in the second round. Uh, and, and it was a dogfight. I almost had a triple-double that game. I finished Ooh. for like 28, 14, and like eight assists. It was like my highest assist. I, you spread those out over the season. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say eight. That's about six, seven games for me. They double-teamed me, man. So I had to, I had to pass it a you little bit. You had no bit. choice. <laughs> ah, here. Double-teamed me with a seven-footer and a 6'11 guy, man. So I was like, ah, me. But, you know, it's funny because, you know, this talks to, you know, the understanding of coaches, coach with this game. He knew that the double team was going to come mm-hmm. by this time. I'm playing at such a high level. Um, I mean, I put myself in the draft by this point. I'm, I'm a first-round pick by now. Um, and he, he told me before the game, he said, you're going to get a double team, and this is what I need you to see, and this is what I need you to do. So when I saw the double team coming for the first time, it was like deja vu. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I was able to react and, and really just, you know, just it, was, it, was, it looked scripted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to pick them apart and – you know, guys hit shots and, and I was able to get it out, get it back and go quick one on one. You know, just a lot of little nuances of being able to, you know, put yourself in, in better scoring opportunities. So, yeah, it's great. Um, and then you end up losing by two uh, in your lead oh, to Kentucky yeah. up 10 at half. What? <sighs> no, no, we, we got we went up by 17 with 10 minutes with nine Ooh. minutes to go. What we happened? Were, I got in foul trouble. Uh, they called two. I mean, I watched this game like 7,000 times <laughs> just, just to see what they saw, man. And I, sh- I took a jump shot. I had two fouls and uh, they took a, I took a jump shot on the baseline and I think it was Hashimu Evans slid under me on the baseline and they called the offensive foul and the shot went in and and but they, I was like, how do you get an offensive foul on a jump shot? Uh, it was yeah, like a weird. it was like a twelve to fifteen foot jump shot on the baseline, and they called up. And so that was my third foul. And about a minute later, I'm setting the high ball screen, and Jeff Jeff Shepard flops, uh, and they call a, they call. And I was like, you know, you know, not using the language I use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> flopped. Yeah. And, 
and you know, and you could just see him smiling, you know, with the little <laughs> grimace on his face, like I got it, I got him. So you know, I, I got, I was on, I was on a roll by that time. I started scoring some points, um, and and everybody was kind of in sync. And when I got in foul trouble, it just kind of changed the flow of the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, even though I didn't shoot the ball well, I got really good shots, and 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 the ball still moved, and other it made other people it gave, it gave them an opportunity to get wide open shots too. Um, and they put for some reason, man, they just didn't miss a shot in the next seven or eight minutes. Yeah. And uh, you know, the guys like Cameron, uh, who didn't even score yet in the tournament was hitting shots. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that I know shots. that feeling. I know that Scott feeling. Pageant is hitting shots, <laughs> you know, and it's a battle back and forth. They they fight back. And so the last probably five minutes of the game was a two one point possession yeah. back and forth. And um we go up by one. Um, and then, they, you know, they, they ended up hitting a big three-point shot to put them up by two. We come down, make a free throw, uh, and then we have to foul, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's – and, you know, they hit a free throw. And, you know, I hit a three at the end. We were down <laughs> – we were down four. I thought we were down <laughs> uh, three. I thought I tied it, but <laughs> we were still down one, and we had to foul, and then they ended up hitting another free throw. Wayne yeah. Turner was just amazing at the end with his ball control. And we ended up losing the game by two, man. I, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever cried because of a game. <laughs> it's my last college game. Man. Yeah. Balled out. It was, it was just heartbreaking. Yeah. I've I'm watched sure. that game a thousand times to see those calls, man. It just was horrible. <laughs> still, still disagree. <laughs> yeah. You want to, you want to meet, you want to meet the referee at the car, man. <laughs> You can't do it, but yeah, well, mind, but like, man, you if didn't. I could just meet him at his car, <laughs> nothing's gonna change, but I feel a whole lot better. Yeah, right. It make me feel better. <laughs> that was the jerk coming out of it. <laughs> uh so <clears throat> fast forward to this year. Um, what are your thoughts on this being uh coaches last year uh, on the sidelines? You know, it, it's it's really hard to believe, you know yeah. what I mean? Like having having you know been a part of the family for so long. Um, seeing what coach has been able to accomplish with and after before all that stuff. Like I understand it because, um, you know, my, my, my pro career got cut short because Mm -hmm. of injury and I didn't get to leave the game on my own terms, which was very, very disappointing for me. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit depressing. So, but seeing coaches experience, like what else is there to accomplish? You know, I've got gold medals. I got five national championships. I've coached, you know, numerous pros probably, you know, got more pros than, than anybody in the league right now. Um, you know, it's only in one or two other schools that could even rival that a little bit. And he's getting up there in age. He's got grandkids, you know. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's, he's created a network of relationships that will last anyone two lifetimes. Um, I, I, he just, it was the right time. Yeah, you know, like we see in boxing a lot of times, that guy take one more fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the worst decision they ever yeah. made. Now we got guys, you know, like <laughs> like Roy Jones and yeah, we got Holyfield you know, out Mike, there, Mike Holyfield. They out there, fifty nine <laughs> years old, and, and it's the worst decisions. You know, yeah, just, just let it go. Just let right, it go, you know. Yeah. And and you know, I think he's doing it at the time where we're not saying, "Hey, coach, just let it go." You know, right, right. Um, he can go out on top. Um, especially seeing the guys play this year. I think they, they're going to, you know, have a special year this year. Um, so I just think the timing is right. And for us, all of us to be able to support him um, is, is tremendous. 
Um, and, and it's great for Duke basketball to be coming into a new chapter with uh, with John at the helm of that, um, and Chris and and, uh, and and you know the rest of the staff. They you know those guys have a great opportunity to continue a legacy that was built from the ground up by a guy who's still around, who can still be wise and a mentor to you, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Because we know Coach not going to go too far. No, but, no, no, no. He just won't be sitting time, in the seat. <laughs> we we can we can we can you know propel this legacy to something else uh, to a next generation, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, speaking of this year's team, have you gotten to see any of them um, over the summer? Or, yeah, I, I was up for you know when we were up for Coach K Academy, and we got mm-hmm. a chance to watch the guys play, man. And you know they got some great size, they got great versatility. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, some of these guys. Uh, whew, you know, yeah. Adrian Griffin's son, you know, I, I, Adrian and I kind of grew up playing against one another. I mean, he, I mean, they look like grownups, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. AJ's, we, yeah, we AJ's a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, but to see the versatility that we have um, and it's been the, the kid from Seattle. Oh, my God. He's, yeah, he's he's, he's the truth. Special. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of like Rashawn, Jason Tatum, two, 3.0. <laughs> Yeah, he's and, got. Know, he's throwing he's myself got a, into names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, he he's got. Uh, yeah, he's, 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 got he's different. He's got that yeah, it thing. he's got it. It's yeah. Just a matter of what he does with it. Yeah, yeah, he's got <laughs> it. Yeah, he has it for sure. Absolutely. So I'm I'm excited to watch these guys this year. You know, I'll probably get up to a couple games this year as well because obviously because of coaches last year and one of the yeah. part of uh, his his going up his going out party. So. Uh, he actually came to my draft party, so I got to come to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you – are we hearing it here first? Prediction is national championship for, for this year's team? Um, I mean, I always want us to win the national championship, and I'm going to say that with confidence no matter mm-hmm. who we got on our team, unless, <laughs> unless the season started and we 0-6. <laughs> but if it's at the beginning of the year, I'm always going national championship. Bro. For sure. I hear you. Uh, you know, that's just the confidence that I have in what coaches' ability and, 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 our, and our system and what we, you know, what we put out on the floor. Now, yep. you know, seven games in, we might change that. But, <laughs> but right now, and the way that the game is played now, eh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll say national championship. You could throw anything out there and be wrong. Either. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. I got one more thing. Um, this is how we end the podcast. I need your. <clears throat> You got to win a game. Need you to pick a starting five and a six man. A Duke starting five and a six man. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. I'm putting you on the spot. Oh man! So uh, obviously we're gonna start with, in my opinion, the greatest Duke player of all time, which is Christian Leitner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's just my opinion. But you know, that guy, what he was able to accomplish, what he was able to do in the four years that he spent here, is. is I mean, you can't, it's not going to be duplicated no. <laughs> because no. nobody stays four no years. One will, yeah, um, no one will be that good and play for four years. Right. Uh, so we would definitely put him at the five, um, you know, then I would put, um, I would definitely <clears throat> put Bobby Hurley. I got to go with Bobby Hurley. Okay. Okay. Just because that's just my, you know, my, it's my brother. We grew up Jersey City, born and raised, and we got to get people the ball. I mean, my other mm-hmm. choice would have been Jay Will, but Jay Will shoot too much. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wing, my wings will be a little bit better, and I have some off ball guys. Um, shoot, this is scary because I got three guys from the same team: Grant Hill, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, with his versatility. Um, then I would go with. Um, 
I would go with Johnny Dawkins. Oh, okay. OG. Because, uh, you know, having a guy who can score at, at the, at the, you know, just at the level that he could score, but also be able to play the point when mm-hmm. Bobby goes out the game, um, at a high level. Um, and then I would, I would probably say Shane Battier mm. because of his versatility to guard multiple positions, um, <clears throat> to be able to, you know, guard, you know, I mean, all five positions as a college player, yeah, yeah, technically, um, but he's able to do some things defensively to give us a little bit more versatility. And then you got Grant, who was a high level defender, long, mm-hmm. well, and then coming off the bench, I would probably say JJ Reddick. Mm. Because once if Bobby comes out the game, we we move Johnny to the point, and now we got a we got another, I mean, scoring <laughs> monster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that would give us, uh, you know, give us some points and in, in, in bunches, um, you know, and, and with Shane and and Grant on the wings, we could we could cover him defensively. Oh, even yeah. though he ended up being a better defender in uh, in the pros. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but uh, it wasn't a liability, so that that would be that would be my five, and uh, and I and JJ would be my sixth guy. Um, you know, I think that team could beat most teams that anybody would put together. No, that's a that's that's a hell of a team. <laughs> <a good> team. <laughs> I think that's one no. of the better ones I've heard put together. That's a good team. Yeah, um, I mean, it's everybody can score, everybody can guard. You know, you can move guys around. You know, um, even at the even. You know, Christian at the five spot. I mean, he's just a problem. He opens up yep. the floor to give Johnny and Grant the ability to slash. Um, and, and the passing on that team to me is unbelievable. You yeah. know, guys, we might have to, you know, outside of Johnny <laughs> and JJ, we got to, we might have to yell at people to shoot the ball. Passing <laughs> <is> so good. <laughs> yeah. We, well, that's why JJ's coming off the bench. We, no you question. Know, somebody that's not shooting. have it. He'll come in there. And you won't have to tell him one time to shoot it. Uh, he didn't have, that'd be no listen, problem. His freshman year, I watched him. I watched him play pickup his freshman year. Dude scored or oh, you scored all seven points. I said, if you ever pass the ball, I'm gonna beat you up. <laughs> well, I get it. He took you up on that. Uh, yeah, he did. He did. Uh, and, and he wore number four, so I'm not. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's my number four buddy. Yeah. And I, like I told him, if, if I played here four years, you probably wouldn't have got to wear that. Number. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm giving you some good advice to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he held it down. He said, you he know, you didn't, you oh. didn't get the, you didn't get to play four years. I'll play four years and, and put it up, and that'll be it for number four. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, uh, what else? All I got, man. I appreciate the time. Um, always good seeing you, my brother. You know it, man. Anytime you need me, all you got to do is shoot me a text, pick up the phone. I'll be here for you, man. For sure. Appreciate it, man. Take it easy. All right. Love.